Welcome back to another episode of Dog Fights. <laughs> For those of you who did not listen to the first episode, go check that out on our Spotify. What we do here is we argue over hot takes, just like you would see on First Take on ESPN, but we do have our own little twists, so stay tuned to figure out what those are. Uh, first, we're going to spin the wheel to determine who is going in our first round. It's going to be JD is our first contestant of our first round. Okay, who's ready to lose? We're about to find out. And our second contestant is Colin. Let's go. So we are going to have JD versus Colin in the first round. That is our first wheel spin. Our second wheel spin will be to determine what the topic they're arguing over is. Looks like that topic is going to be, will the Eagles finish below 500 next season? Oh, yeah. This is going to be juicy, boys. Now that we've determined who will be arguing and what our topic is, it is time to determine who goes first. So in, t- in order to do that, we will be flipping a coin. Whoever calls it correctly will be going first. Which one of I you mean, two guys wants to Colin call it? Colin always finishes first, so he can go ahead and call it. Dang. All right, so Colin will be calling the coin flip. Colin, what do you call it? Heads. Heads. It what is he doesn't get very tails. Often. Tails. Oh. Never fails. Oh. So well, I do JD. get very often. <laughs> <laughs> So JD will decide whether or not he goes first. Uh, I'm going first. All right, so JD is going to start off our argument. As always, five minutes on the clock, and JD is going to start us off in three, two, one, go. The Eagles will 100% finish above 500. They are not going to go from Super Bowl to below 500. There's just no way. Jalen Hurts is too talented. They still have their offensive line. They still have two of the best receivers in the NFL and literally statistically the number one receiver in the NFL last season. Their defense, uh, they have to make some free agency additions uh, and replace their coordinator, but they're going to be fine. Like they have a nucleus of young talent and let's look at their schedule. I mean, they play in the NFC East and so uh, the Giants, they're on the rise, but they're still not at the Eagles level. The Cowboys are talented, but they choke. Like, they're going to win one of those no matter what. <laughs> uh, and then the Commanders, uh, honestly, we don't even know who the Commanders' quarterback is. They're not going to lose to the Commanders next year. And so right there, that's what, five out of their eight wins? And so then they have the Bucks, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, not uh, the Jets. Like, there's three more wins right there. Not to mention, when they play good teams, like, those are minimum 50-50 games. So... Well, okay. On the other side of that, I say the Eagles are not going to finish above. Wait. Yes. Them, yes. <laughs> They're not going to finish above 500. No, you are not. Okay. So with them losing both their coordinators, that is a very interesting uh, decision with them. You mix that along with a lot of their defense is leaving up, is going to free agency, so many of these other teams might take a chance and jump on them, which even if they have a nucleus of none talent, young talent doesn't mean experience. And when you're mixing that with the coordinators that are coming in, whom we don't know, or we have known, but uh, they, it, it just, see, that's, that, that's just part of the game. They may or may not develop correctly or develop enough as they need to. And then if you're looking at the rest of the league, Cal- Dallas can, you know, they put up a couple a couple good fights. And if they, even though they might lose Kellen Moore this season, I still think that Cowboys team has enough talent on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball to do to make more stands because there is more film, there's more tape. We know more about Jalen Hurts. And some of that cap from, from his next deal is going to be eating into the rest of their team. You mix that with the Giants team who made the playoffs, who can be deadly. You know, if Dable can 
QB speak into Danny Dimes, Vanilla Vic, he might turn him into something that, you know, we, we may have not seen before. And then you also mix uh, Eric Bienemy, the uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator, coming to the commanders. And even though we don't know the QB, Bienemy has had success with Patrick Mahomes. So he may be looking to see for what that, I mean, that team is still can be dangerous. Any OC would have success with Patrick Mahomes. Like that argument is completely off the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other thing you're not considering is like, yeah, they have a young, I was mentioning their young nucleus of talent, but they still could resign all of their veterans. Like there's no guarantee Fletcher Cox, leave, uh, Fletcher Cox leaves. There's no guarantee Brandon Graham leaves. Like they could bring back their exact same team. And yeah, they have a new defensive coordinator, but they're still at that talent level, uh, especially in the NFC East, that the only team that might be able to compete is the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are always going to be the Cowboys. They're never going to finish. Like, well, listen, money, like money talks, JD. Money talks. If some some team wants to throw the bag at them, I don't think they would think they would look twice. You but know? at the same time, I mean, Eagles have two first round draft picks, which they could replace. Uh, they have uh, what you call it, uh, Kaiser White is probably coming back. They have Nakobe Dean behind him, who didn't even play. They have uh, Jordan Davis behind Fletcher Cox, who he had some injury problems, but when he played, his difference difference in the run game was phenomenal. Like he was one of the best run defenders in the NFL. It's still the nucle- It's still the same thing with the nucleus of young talent. It still does not always equal. I mean, there is going to be a dip. Sixty in, seconds remaining. There is going to be a serious dip in decline but, for what this defense is going to look like. But they also weren't built on the defense. They were scoring what 35, 40 points a game, and their offense has every single key position. I mean, here's coming the thing: back. if you're like, looking at Jalen, Jalen Hurts, Hurts is a top five Jalen quarterback. Hurts. Their offensive line, top three offensive line. The offensive line are all up for grabs uh, no, for uh, free, free agents? No, only one is up for grabs, and that's Kelsey going into retirement. Mm, but still, okay, that's still a huge hole at center. But and he with draft, the film that is out there. his replacement, and he said this kid is going to be great. And so if Kelsey says this kid's going to be great after all his time at center in the NFL, and he had a year to prepare this kid, there's no way he's not going to be good when he fills the role. I can't tap He's tapping out, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately for Colin, he was not able to finish his argument, but although he was not able to not finish... Not able to finish like most of his dates. That was unnecessary. I might have to points <laughs> for me for that. But as I was saying, it's very unfortunate he wasn't able to finish the argument. I'm still going to give my input on the dogfight that we just saw. Going into that, I had my personal opinion... And my personal opinion sided with JD's side of the argument that he chose because as most of our listeners know already, if you win the coin toss and decide to go first in a yes or no scenario, you choose which side of the argument you will be arguing for, giving yourself an advantage over the other guy. Unfortunately for Colin, he was at the disadvantage. And it was quite the disadvantage, let me tell you, because arguing that a Super Bowl finalist, a team that made it to the NFL championship, is going to go below 500 is incredibly difficult. And he started his argument off very well. I was actually very surprised with Colin to start it off. It's just very unfortunate that JD overrode him in the end, forced him to tap out, and unfortunately this one goes to JD by submission. You know, my thoughts on this were, you could tell off the rip, you know, the Eagles getting below nine wins next season is very unlikely, with probably four or five at least guaranteed in the division. I know they're Strength to schedule next year is going to be hard, but you can never tell in the NFL. And with a roster like that, even with losses, you're going to have additions. 
And so I took into account Colin's side. He has the harder side to argue. So you can, you know, as judges, we take into account if you have something harder to argue, you get a, you get a little bonus for that. But it didn't matter. JD was phenomenal today. He was just arguing flat out domination style. And I mean, that's that, I agree. That's JD. just he just blew Colin out of the water. He couldn't even he couldn't even get to the end of his argument. It JD was kind was of embarrassing. Very, he was very very sharp. It today. was kind of embarrassing to sit next to Colin and watch this happen. It <laughs> yeah, was, sitting it was, watching uh, it live. One, he just one threw piece daggers. of advice, Colin, because I was prepared for both sides before we flipped the coin. You should have brought up the Rams and their complete yeah they fail and most the, winning the Super and Bowl. that was the thing I was about to say is most teams post Super Bowl they have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover and aren't you know at their maximum potential at the big, second of every big season. Big points that I was going through in my mind, Super Bowl hangover, strength of schedule next season, because since they finished first in their division, they're going to have to play all of the other division winners in addition to the AFC West next year, yeah. which is very, very tough for them. And also age. They are a little older. But nonetheless, credit to you, Colin. You did a great job arguing. Yes. For I a tried. That was a point. losing Key battle. They play the AFC East next year, not the AFC AFC East. I mean, it's still hard. Still a very difficult division. Now that we have our first dogfight out of the way, it leaves two more people in the room. That would be myself and Luke, who sits across from me now. All that's left to do is determine what we will be arguing over. It will be... Who is the best point guard Woo! in the NBA? Yeah. This is going to be I'm good. I'm so happy that was not our topic. <laughs> <laughs> So as most of our listeners know already, if the person who goes first takes your idea, you have to come up with another one on the fly. So let's determine who goes first. Luke, would you like to call it? I'm going to call with tails. All right. Luke has called tails and it is heads. Oh, so I am going to make the decision to go first. Of course, it gives me Almost pretty like large 50, advantage. 50-50 odds. Although I am the timekeeper, I will be arguing in this one, so Colin will be handling the time. All right, gentlemen, are you guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one, let's go. The best point guard in the NBA is none other than the white boy himself, Luka Doncic. Oh, I see Luka. He he is very, very distraught over there because he's coming up with a new answer now. So clearly, I took your answer, and we could kind of agree here that Luka Doncic is the most talented guy to enter the NBA since LeBron James. He just has... Everything that you could possibly want in anybody on the floor. He's got the size. He's got the talent. He doesn't necessarily have the athleticism that LeBron has. I don't know if anybody will ever have that kind of athleticism. But his IQ of basketball is just incredible. His ability to score the basketball is incredible. He can rebound. He can assist the ball. He's not the greatest defender, as we've seen throughout his career, but he is getting much, much better. He's shooting the three ball well. He shoots basically from anywhere well. And that's what you need in a good point guard is a guy who can shoot and create for others. You know, I'm glad you took Luca. I am beyond happy you took Luca because now that makes me, you gave me the eventual best point guard of all time in Wardell, Stephen Curry, to argue for. This guy, although he's hurt right now, he's almost 10 years older than Luka Doncic and still putting up 30 points per game for the Warriors this season. You know, he's gone through years and years of having fluctuating teammates between, you know, him and KD, him before KD, and now it's post-KD. His game does not change, and he dominates every single second of every game he plays in. It doesn't matter whether he's being guarded by the best defender in the league or the worst. This guy can put up numbers each and every day, and it's not just scoring. He's putting for sneakily six rebounds per game and six assists per game. This season, Steph Curry, 
I mean, I, I have argued with my friends all the time. You know, this guy, how do you not call him the best ever already? You know, you're going you're gonna to go against Magic Johnson. That's fine. Steph Curry is undebatably, undebatably the best point guard in the league because of his experience, what he brings to the table each and every game, and how he still performs 10 years older than Luka. So you're telling me that Steph Curry is the best point guard in the league right now? Absolutely. Not five years ago when he was winning the NBA Finals. He was, I mean, probably the best point guard then, too. Well, I mean, he did win the Finals last year, of course. But you you brought up the point that he's averaging six assists a game. Who is he passing to? Clay. Clay. Wiggins. Wiggins. Jordan Poole. Yep. Who has Luka been passing to this whole season? Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, these are spot-up shooters that Luka creates space for when he drives into the paint. And by he's go, he's he Luka crowds double teams all the time because you're going to need more than one guy to defend Luka. That's obvious. Oh, absolutely. So guys are going to be open. So he can dish to them, no problem. They're, if they're wide open and they miss, that's on them. Uh, yes, Curry has better teammates than Luka. That does not mean that they cannot still score productively. Dinwiddie was still averaging 15 points per game. Well, that's my point exactly, is that Steph Curry has better teammates than Luka. It puts more of a burden on Luka Doncic to create for other guys, and he is so, so good at that that that's what makes him the best point guard in the NBA right now. I, I will give you that Stephen Curry will, for a time, be the best point guard in NBA history. I personally think he might be the best point guard in NBA history already, but as you go on down the road, Luka Doncic will overtake that. You believe? You Do you think... In at the when it's all said and done, Luke is going to be better than Curry all time. I absolutely do. I think he's going to. I think he's going to. When have more Cur- when, when Luka Doncic is on record saying that he doesn't love basketball that much and we will not play for his entire life, you think he can overtake Steph Curry? If he's already come out and confirmed that, it's the Michael Jordan argument. Michael Jordan retired how many years before LeBron did? I don't know. I mean, I don't know the how exact many less, number. How many first, first time or second time? How many less points does Michael Jordan have than LeBron? Well, LeBron's the number one scorer of all time. Exactly. One minute and remaining. We still, and we still consider Michael Jordan to be in that GOAT conversation over all of those guys who have scored more points than him because he retired early. When he was in his career, he displayed this level of greatness that we had never seen until LeBron came into the league. Luka's going to be in a very, very similar situation where if he does retire early, I think the total points throughout a career argument is kind of irrelevant because... His per season averages are going to be higher, if not ex- like exactly the same, if not higher than Steph's. Steph may have higher assist numbers, but you've got to consider throughout his career, he's been passing to guys like KD and Clay. Sure. Will Luca have two MVPs before he retires? Will he have nine All Stars? Will he be an eight time All NBA player by the time he retires? Absolutely. No way. He'll ha- he'll have ten All NBAs if if he continues with the longevity. Sure. But he will not last that long in the league. He will last at least 10 seasons. He'll make All-NBA every year. He'll be an All-Star every year. He can't even win MVP this year. That is time! Now that the argument is over, we pass it on to our judges. All right. I th- I, so I have my own opinions, obviously, but I'm going to give this argument win to Dylan. I just think overall, Luke, you did kind of play into his own argument by, by saying, you know, who is he passing to all this stuff where he's you're kind of making Luca just look overall better by, you know, from him standing, you know, him carrying his team, I guess. In that, in that sort of sense, I just think, yes, you did have a great argument, but I think Dylan just hit all the key points he needed to and just brought the win. A very close win, I must say. Okay, but I mean, Dylan was a little out there with his uh, Luca's going to surpass Steph and probably be the best all time. But 
the reason I'm going to go with Dylan is because Luke, there was a part of your argument there. I wasn't sure who you were arguing for, if you were arguing for Luca or Steph. And so, I mean, you kind of helped Dylan. That's fair. And so. <laughs> That's fair. Master manipulator. I'll take that. I'll take that. 2-0, and oh, baby. You know, I was preparing for the argument to argue for Luca. <laughs> so when you picked Steph, I, I kind of had to scramble a little bit. I was I was. So prepared. That's part of the dogfight. And that's why the show hey, is so great. I lost the coin toss last week against JD, and I still won. Yeah. So I mean, you, I took the disadvantage side. Let's get that straight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll start off 0-1. That was it's a great choice. comeback. It, it is a great comeback story. <laughs> like Kim Kardashian. A great comeback story. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Dog Fights. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point ball.